Summer's End. A Good Omens Potfic, written by Feral Tuxedo and read by Literarian. Chapter 6 Teas and Peas. When Aziraphel woke up in the morning, Crowley had already left. There was a slip of paper on the kitchen counter. Back before sunset, see. Above it, a message had been meticulously scribbled out, a grey block of lead where Crowley had had second thoughts. Aziraphale picked up the note and tilted it against the sunlight coming in from the window until he could just about make out the words you look like where the pencil tip had left an impression on the surface of the paper. He looked like what? Aziraphale stared at the piece of paper for long seconds, trying to figure out what Crowley had wanted to say and then changed his mind about. Frustrated, he threw the note back onto the counter and picked up the aluminium bucket. He hadn't needed to get water for a week now since Crowley had arrived and just taken it on as one of his daily responsibilities. The garden bore visible traces of Crowley's presence. Even without the appropriate tools, he'd managed to weed the entire herb bed. The soil was dark brown and saturated with last night's rain. The tomatoes had been staked in neat rows, tied with twine to long sticks Crowley must have gathered in the woodland beyond the fence. He'd evidently decided against replanting them by the grapevines. Or perhaps he didn't have the tools. Not yet. Maybe even right now he was digging them up from some demon-infested farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Aziraphale shuddered at the thought of Crowley by himself cycling through the countryside with Anathema's trailer attached. Such an easy target. Anathema never went out to her suppliers without Newton toe. Less to protect her than to protect her wares once she'd collected them. It was strange here without Crowley. In just a few days, he'd made himself as much a part of the garden as the grapevines or the cherry tree. But there was nothing Aziraphale could do but wait for his return. Last night's conversation hung over him like a thundercloud. I'm not disgusted. Fuck, how could I be? Please, Aziraphale, you've got to believe me. I want to believe you, Aziraphale said out loud, like he'd lost his mind. Barely a week in the company of another person and he was already talking to himself. He washed, filled up the water bucket and picked a few figs from the tray, though even he could tell they weren't quite ripe yet. 
It was a hot morning, the sun already drying out the soil that had been so thoroughly soaked from last night's rain. The day would be unpleasant. Aziraphale just knew it. He hoped for enough clients to keep him busy until Crowley's return. The last thing he needed was time and space to think, to replay Crowley's words in his mind. To take them apart like pieces of a jigsaw, trying to fit them together in a way that made sense. He would not let himself be driven mad by them. A good book might help. One that would keep his head occupied between clients. There was no one waiting for him when he arrived back at the van. He filled the sink and the kettle with clean water and made himself his first mug of tea before taking it outside with Mrs. Dalloway. Then he sat in his chair, peeled the tough skin of the still rather bland figs and quietly lamented his own loneliness. Just like he used to. It was already early in the afternoon when the promising sound of a bicycle approaching pulled Aziraphale from his reading. But it was only Eric, on one of the dirty white bikes he shared with the other employees at the hotel. A cotton tote bag dangled from the handlebars. It turned out to contain a fresh loaf of bread from Tracy. She says it's too stodgy to serve to the guests, Eric explained brightly. The loaf was perfect, as always. Aziraphale sighed as he stored it away in the kitchen cupboard and put the kettle on the hob. She really doesn't need to go through all this effort, you know. I'm perfectly capable of feeding myself. Eric stood in the doorway and frowned at the empty can of mushy peas on the outside table, a teaspoon still sticking out of it. There was an awkward silence as Aziraphale made tea. He didn't know Eric well enough for the conversation to stretch beyond basic small talk. The young man had only started working for Tracy after Aziraphale's move to the caravan. This summer's going to be so dull, it's already really boring, he said, accepting the mug that Aziraphale had begun to think of as Crowley's. And they always put me on reception. I just sit there for hours doing nothing. They pulled the folding chairs further into the shade of the awning and sat down, protected from the midday sun, but not the sweltering air around them. That's not so different from my workdays, actually, Aziraphale said, stirring his tea. At least you get late when someone does come by. I just get shouted at, usually. If only it was that easy. Anyway, where's that Crowley bloke? Tracy says he's moved in with you. Out for the day, I'm afraid. That's a shame. Shadwell wanted me to pass on a message. 
Oh? Well, I'm sure if you write it down on a piece of paper... Nah, my writing's crap. Eric was of the generation that had been very young indeed at the start of the outbreak. And there was nothing like a decade and a half of living among the ruins of civilization to wipe out any literacy he might have picked up in primary school. I suppose you could wait here for his return then, Aziraphale suggested, since there's not much to do at the hotel by the sounds of it. Eric sighed, as if burdened by a responsibility too heavy for his slight shoulders. <sighs> Can't. Tracy wants me to pick up some stuff from Anathemas and then be back well before sunset. You know what she's like, worrying and all. But the message for Crowley isn't a secret or anything. Shadwell wants him to come over to the manor to pick up some seeds for your garden. That's all. That's very kind of him. Aziraphale had the distinct suspicion that there was something a little more sinister behind the offer. Maybe Tracy wanted to take the opportunity to remind Crowley of the many ways in which she could make his life difficult. Or have Shadwell go through his I have a set of pruning shares and I'm not afraid to use them routine. Well, there was nothing for it. Aziraphale would simply have to go with Crowley and have a little word with Tracy while they were there. He and Eric sat outside for a while, sipping away at their tea. The day was hot and muggy, the worst kind of weather for travelling. Time had slowed right down, despite Aziraphale's frequent glances at his pocket watch. And not a single client. Even the birds in the trees seemed disinclined to overexert themselves and do more than rustle their wings every now and again. Eric's voice broke the silence. What's he like then? Pardon? Crowley. Oh, he's... Aziraphale racked his brain for big enough adjectives. He's occupying every corner of my mind in a way I find both terrifying and exhilarating, was the truth. He's nice, he said instead. Nice? Yes, fairy. So I take it you two aren't, you know. Eric waggled his head. Goodness, no! Aziraphale made a half-hearted attempt at sounding offended. Come on, Eric, you know what I do for a living. Eric shrugged. What's that got to do with anything? He drained his mug and placed it on the table next to the empty can of peas. He's hot, though. I would. My dear, it's not as easy as that. Despite his protestations to the opposite, Crowley clearly did not like what Aziraphale did day in, day out. Still, it was obvious that he wanted him. That was evident in every lingering look, 
every awkward smile Aziz Raphael had been the recipient of in the past days. But which Aziz Raphael did Crowley want? The one he'd paid on those first two days to gratify his own pleasure? All insincere smiles and purchased attentions? Or the one who stripped down at the end of every day to wash off the scent of other men in the garden stream? Aziraphale leaned his elbow on the table, wondering whether there was any point in explaining all of this to Eric. Probably not. You did fuck though, right? Well, yes. Obviously, he was a client. Eric leaned forward too, raising his eyebrows. How was it? Aziraphale huffed, somewhat irritated by the young man's impertinence. Surely you're not expecting an answer to that. I take confidentiality very seriously. It's work, not gossip. Eric rolled his eyes. I'll never understand how someone as stuck up as you ended up fucking for a living. No offence. We all work to our talents and abilities, my dear. I don't. I sign people in and out of the hotel all day and can barely read my own handwriting. Azir Raphael let out a laugh. He still didn't know whether he liked Eric or not. He had a flippant manner about him that was grating. But he was easy to talk to, and on a day like this, any company was better than none at all. But even that didn't last. I better get myself to the shop then, or Tracy'll have my head. Eric yawned and stood up from the chair with a sigh. <sighs> Cheers for the cuppa. Aziraphale's first and only client of the day broke his heart. That happened every now and again. There was only so detached he could be when half of his work, the half that wasn't concerned with cocks and mouths and asses, was in the simple but painful act of listening. The client was an older man by the name of Phil quiet and exhausted, with a head of unkempt grey curls and a beard that was streaked through with ginger. Aziraphel had let him into his van without any concerns whatsoever. It was only after he'd come with a quiet gasp that Phil began to shake. It's all right. Aziraphale said, employing his most soothing tone of voice at the sight of his client trembling above him. He tucked him back into his trousers, pulled the zip up with care. Come here. He climbed onto the edge of the bed. Phil had his face buried in his hands. Aziraphale reached around him and pulled him to his side. 
he desperately needed something to drink, a glass of fresh water followed by a cup of tea. But that would have to wait. It's all right, he said again. You're all right. Got nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not ashamed, Phil said, ripping his hands away to reveal the wet shine of tears. I'm just... I'm so sorry. He took a few deep breaths and melted into Aziraphale's neck, shaking with suppressed sobs. Ah, this too was not uncommon. Aziraphale knew what would come next. He patted Phil's shoulder, bracing himself for the inevitable tale of pain and loss and heartache he was about to be told. I was just thinking about my wife. There it was. The thing that Eric, and Crowley for that matter, would never understand. Aziraphale swallowed, pressed his eyes shut, waiting for what he knew he could never be hardened to. He reached out with his free hand, found Phil's, and squeezed it. Tell me about her. After Phil left, Aziraphale went to bed. It was hot in the caravan, the air stale with the lingering smell of sex. But he closed the door anyway, pulled the curtains shut and wallowed in another man's misery. You're too soft, Tracy would always say when he'd been like this back at the hotel. You can't let him get to you like that. Words of admonishment, but always accompanied by a hot cup of tea or a gentle hand on the back of his head. Aziraphale had nodded along, but never agreed. He was soft, yes, but there was no such thing as too soft. Not in this world that was made up of spikes and sharp edges. He knew how to navigate it, had survived this long. He could protect himself when it mattered. But it still got too much. Tracy wasn't there now to scold him or to hold him. Aziraphale had never been able to detach himself from his work like she could. Or perhaps all that nonchalance was false as well. Perhaps she too had moments like this, wrapped in a duvet in the fruitless attempt to shut out the world outside. Aziraphale picked up last night's rate from the shelf by the bed. Mrs. Dalloway lay abandoned on the table outside and he didn't have the energy to get out of bed and fetch her. So Jane Eyre it was. The poor girl was trapped in the red room and he couldn't even find it in himself to care. 
After a few pages, he put the book away again. Jane deserved better than his pitiful indifference. And so he turned over in bed. Twice. Three times. He'd never noticed just how large it was and how empty. Waste of space, really, in a caravan this small. He buried his face in the pillow and imagined rather than truly recognized the scent of long red hair in it. It was no longer the sweet and sour perfume of apple shampoo. It was more earthy and warm, like soil and tree bark. A comfort. Aziraphale only realized he'd fallen asleep when Crowley's return ripped him out of a vaguely unpleasant dream. Fuck, there you are. The door banged open and light spilled through for a moment before the approaching shadow that was Crowley blocked it off. Aziraphale blinked and rubbed his eyes. Crowley, you're back. What the deuce are you doing in bed at this time of day? Gave me a proper fright just now. The sign folded up, the door closed. Thought something had happened to you. I always know where my switchblade is, my dear. Aziraphale slurred, then giggled. He wasn't supposed to tell anyone about the knife. Tracy had been very clear about that when she'd given it to him. Lord, but he was useless when he was drowsy with sleep. Crowley didn't seem at all perturbed at the mention of a weapon. He sat down on the edge of the bed with his eyebrows drawn, his eyes soft and golden. I'd be more reassured if I thought for a second you had the heart to stab someone. They smiled at each other, and Aziraphale tried not to think about the tension of the day before. Crowley raised a hand as if to run it through Aziraphale's hair, but dropped it back in his lap instead. So you, what, decided to take the afternoon off? In a way, my last client was rather tiring. He didn't want to think about Phil, about his story, his loss. Crowley's frown got a little more pronounced. You're all right, though. You're not hurt or, or anything. Just tired. Aziraphale sat up and suddenly found himself inches away from Crowley. He could smell the sweat on his skin, evidence of hours of cycling in the heat. Without realizing quite what he was doing, he leaned in, took a deep breath, and let the warm comfort of his presence wash over him. Crowley went rigid beside him. Uh, wanna see what I found at the farmhouse? Yes, of course. 
Aziraphale scrambled to get off the bed and nearly fell over. He managed to get outside, where the trailer that was hooked into Crowley's bike was piled high with scavenged goods in shades of rusty metal. But Aziraphale looked right past it. Crowley stepped up behind him, a soft laugh falling from his lips. Ta-da! <laughs> Found your bicycle! Aziraphale laughed too while his exhausted brain tried to think of a more appropriate response. The bicycle was leaning against the table, and the late afternoon sun lit it up like it was brand new. The frame was silver and nearly unscratched, with a white leather saddle and handlebars. Crowley squeezed past Aziraphale and crouched down next to the bike, waving his hand over it like a professor delivering a lecture. The chain is rusty as fuck, but I can fix that easy enough, and the left brake cable needs replacing too. I think Anathema's got the parts though, so I can pop down tomorrow and see if I can get it all sorted out. Aziraphale walked up to the bike and touched a hand to its gleaming frame. It was hot and smooth under his fingertips. Where did you find it? In one of the sheds at the farm. That's where I found most of this stuff, actually. Crowley pointed at the mountain of tools in the trailer. The door was properly bolted, one of those heavy metal ones, you know. But there was a tiny window right at the top. Found a ladder in one of the barns, smashed the window and climbed through. Blimey. Worth it, though. All that stuff, completely untouched for 15 years. I'm gonna go back sometime for more. Once my legs have recovered from today was one hell of a ride back with all of this in tow. Aziraphale tightened his hand around a handlebar, reaching out with his index finger to lever the bell. It rang out bright and clear, the sound cutting through the thick summer air. Scoot, right? Now you can go visit Tracy whenever you like. Pop over in the morning before work or whatever. And the shop, too. And maybe we can set off and just explore. See what's around these parts. It's so much faster than walking. Aziraphale shook his head, gathering his words. Crowley's face fell. What? You don't like it? I do. But Crowley, I don't even know how to ride a bike. Crowley stood up, baring his teeth in a grin full of mischief. He propped both hands onto the saddle, fingers sinking into the soft, leather-covered foam. I'll just have to teach you then, won't I? <laughs>